Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. And you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today's episode covers all of Sunday's second round NCAA tournament games. You can find Saturday games covered in the episode in the upper corner of the screen. Jake, what up? What up, Jake? Other way, other way. There you go. There you go. Yep. A big card right there. You can click on that if you are watching this on Saturday morning and you want to catch the Saturday episode. If you already watched that and you're here for this one, we're happy to have you here. The link for Saturday also in the description. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. As I go through the plays, remember A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, before we hit today's slate, reminder, hit that like button if you're on YouTube, subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. It's the only way to ensure that you don't miss any of the March Madness content or baseball content coming in under a month. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those who try to respond to as many as we can. We're going to get right to it here with the Sunday slate, 11-10 Central Houston versus Illinois. Uh, Jake, we were talking before we got on here about the heartbreak of Chattanooga leading for 39 and a half minutes and can't quite pull it off. One rebound. One rebound at the end of the game, and it's done. And just couldn't do it. Yeah, Illinois looked like a team that didn't belong in the tournament, didn't want to be in the tournament. I'm not really sure what to say about it. It could just be one game. Houston, on the other hand, looked like a team who belonged uh, dominating a pretty good UAB team. Um, the model thinks Houston should be a 3.6 point favorite and they are a four point favorite. So it's a pass for me on the side as much as I want to be on Houston, as much as I think Houston's the right side, I just don't think the number's great. Because I would not want any part of Illinois. That is for sure. Instead, I'm going to take over 134 and a half. The model thinks it should be more like 136. I've talked about this before. Houston has a much better offense than defense. The narrative is that Houston is such a good defensive team, and we saw that last year. But this year's Houston team is just really good offensively. Houston's pace makes me a tiny bit nervous here, but both offenses are going to have the edge when they have the ball. Illinois offense is better than Houston's defense, and Houston's offense much better than Illinois' defense. And so over is the only way that I want to look. It's a B pick for me over 135 and a half. I think we can get up at the upper 130s. Jake, like I said, I it's a pass for me on the side. I do think Houston is the right side, though. I think that's where you're going. Convince our listener why that's the case. Uh, like, like you said, I mean, Houston's got a good defense, like, but they're not as good as they were last year. Their offense is really good, but Houston's defense is a, is a better than uh, Illinois' defense by, by leaps and bounds. And they've actually got some size that, <clears throat> like, UTC didn't have. Like, the big, the best big guy UTC had was a good three, four, three and a half inches shorter than Kofi, and nowhere near as strong. Houston's got a little more size to battle with him, so it makes his life a little harder. And when his life is hard, Illinois' life is hard on offense. And that's just – I think that's enough. I think Houston's got it going, got it, got it rolling right now. That The way they just dominated that UAB team, it was very, very good UAB team, uh, was just really impressive. And I, I think they keep it rolling right through this. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense there. It's definitely the only way that I would want to look at that game. We've also got right after that Ohio State and Villanova. That's 140 Central tip-off. Villanova is a five-point favorite. The model thinks it should be 5.7, and so not really a great edge there on the side for the model, but the model thinks the total should be about 135. So I'm going over 131 and a half, another B pick there. I'm going to trust that we'll see a little bit of a different game here for Villanova, Ohio State than we saw with Ohio State Loyola. Uh, Loyola missed a ton of layups, little short bunnies. I, I don't see Nova missing those. And so while that Ohio State Loyola game was ugly and low scoring, I don't think that's the type of game Villanova is going to play. They're a very different team than Loyola. I think the two, I think the totals are just too, I think the total is just too low here. Given the disparities between offense and defense, Ohio State has a much better offense and defense. Villanova has a, a good defense, but a, a fantastic offense. And so, uh, again, Villanova isn't going to really run up and down the court, and so it's not one that's going to be a barn burner. But both these offenses are so efficient, I can't help but think that the totals for both these games are just a little bit too low. Even applying that neutral site tournament penalty, I don't think – I think they've over-adjusted, and I think that we can get into the 130s in this one. So I'm going over 130 one and a half jake are you laying the five with villanova are you putting those points in your back pocket with ohio state i'm taking the points and i, I think ohio state has a decent chance to win this this is a rough matchup for uh, villanova i know we've talked about ohio state's guards not being good like all year but they've got really good big guys between ej liddell zed key young and uh, the other guys they bring off the bench that's that's going to be it's tough on on Villanova. Villanova struggled with size during the year, and the size that EJ Liddell brings, he can play with his back to the bucket, or he can step out and hit a three. That really is going to make it tough on uh, on Villanova to provide any kind of help off of him, like especially if Zed Zed Key is in the game. Uh, so I, I think this is a very tough matchup for Villanova if Ohio State can get just not turn the ball over. That, that's really all they have to concentrate on doing to get their cards, just make sure their offense gets it, so just to make sure E.J. Liddell can touch the ball on the offensive end. So I, I like the points. I think this was very close, and I think Villanova wins it, but Ohio State's got a decent shot here. And it's an interesting point you make there with these second round games. Again, you're talking about every team has won the previous game. So every team's coming in feeling good about themselves. And when you know, but there's a lot of these matchups this weekend that are five, six, seven point spreads. And it's really tough to decipher. Several, many of these games are going to be close games. And having five or six points is going to be great because you don't know who's going to win. It's going to be a last shot kind of thing. And then every once in a while, you'll see that blow. It's kind of hard to differentiate between those two. Uh, and this one definitely could be a close game. And so that makes a lot of sense there to take the points. Uh, I, I'm kind of like you. I think Villanova probably still wins it. But I think Ohio State uh, stands a chance to hang in there. Uh, hopefully, we can get a lot of points with that result as well. And we can both be winners. 4.15 p.m. Michigan State is playing Duke. I've got an overpick here as well, over 144. And I've got some unders coming for you shortly, so hang on for those unders, right? It's not all overs. Over 144.5. The model thinks 145.5. Uh, Duke has been an over team of late. This number, the spread is perfect for late game shenanigans, whether that's a lot of fouls, um, you know, teams being desperate, taking threes, that sort of thing. So I think, I think the over makes a lot of sense right here. I don't know what will happen in the game because both these teams have actually underperformed expectations the last month. Uh, so anything could really happen in this game and I wouldn't be overly surprised. Jake, I had to double check my numbers here, but it sounds, it looks like Duke is a, 
is a 36 point favor and you're laying the points with Duke minus 36. Is that is that correct? Did I see yes, that right? Yes, yes. I think okay. Michigan State's gonna roll out their walk-ons. It'd be very nice to Coach K, like, hey, it's your last go. We're just gonna let you get to the sweet 16. There you go. There you go. In reality, though, Duke is a six and a half point favorite. Give us your pick on this one. So I'm still taking Duke. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think uh, Michigan State is really prepared for the size and athleticism that Duke will bring at them. And they they live by the three, die by the three. And if those aren't going, I think Duke could easily run away with this because, I mean, if you look at last night uh, when they played David, uh, Davidson, man, they, they – they could really couldn't do anything with a big guy down low. Uh, Duke's got a really good one. Um, and Mark Williams, who is playing that really well right now, and is a great defender. And Duke is leaps and bounds more athletic than, uh, than Davidson. And Davidson was giving them everything they wanted and more on the defensive end. So I don't think it's like Davidson's not a great defense by any stretch. Uh, no, nobody's ever graded them as anything less or <laughs> more than average. So I think Duke Duke has the ability, if you look at the beginning of the year, to play a very good defense. And I think that, I think that comes to play. I don't think uh, Michigan State is prepared for what Paolo is, what kind of player he is, and then if AJ Griffin's hitting, it's going to be a real tough go of it. Yeah, and if you look at that that Michigan State Davidson game, like you mentioned, uh, a very good game back and forth the entire time. Davidson at times looked like they were going to pull it out. Michigan State pulls away towards the end. Just a very evenly matched game there. Uh, as good as Davidson, as much as I li- as I've liked riding with Davidson all season, they are no Duke. Now, of course, that's just one game, right? Uh, so you can't take too much from that. But if Michigan State plays that same way against Davidson, they are going to have a hard time. Uh, if they play like they did against Davidson against Duke here, they're going to have a hard time here on the weekend's game. Iowa State, Wisconsin, 5-10 central time. Wisconsin is a three-point favorite. The model thinks it should be Wisconsin minus 3.7. A lot of tight spreads here on the weekend. The numbers are really seeming to converge. Kind of makes a lot of sense. These are the teams we all know a lot about. And the um, you know we have, we have tons of data on the teams at this point. So not a ton of giant hedges here on the sides. Going back to a total here, I'm going to go under 126. The model thinks it should be 124. This might be my favorite play of the day. It's only a B pick because I don't have, I haven't worked in enough research to differentiate between A and B totals. So all totals are B or C uh, only. But I like this play a lot. Wisconsin's last game landed at 127, and Iowa State is worse than Colgate offensively. They play slower, and they have a much better defense. Iowa State's last game didn't even get to 110. Wisconsin plays slower than LSU does. Their offenses are actually about the same, believe it or not. And even if you bump 10 points for LSU having a better defense than Wisconsin, you aren't even getting to 120. If this game doesn't have overtimes, I see it being difficult for this game, even to get to 120. I think it's going to be slow. I think it's going to be boring. I think you're going to see a lot of bricks. I don't think you're going to see a freshman from Iowa State or Wisconsin, for that matter, go 7 of 11 from 3. This feels like one of those first to 50 wins, for sure first to 60 wins. So I really like this under 126 here. Jake, are you going to lay the three points with Wisconsin, or do you think Iowa State has a chance to pull the upset? I think Iowa State's got a chance here. Uh, their defense is really good. Like Wisconsin struggled to score uh, against Colgate, who's not a good defense by any means. They're, they're, yeah, they're not even above average. They're, they're yeah. below average defense. 
They struggle to score there. I mean, I don't. I still don't think Johnny Davis is playing at a hundred percent, and I don't think an extra day off after a game is is enough to get him there. Um, so I, it's like I mean, he was eight. He's had a good box score if you look at that, but if you dig into it, he was eight of twenty, and that's against a terrible defense. I think Iowa State has got a really good defense. They've held a lot of teams to very small numbers. They just have struggled to score. And Wisconsin's defense isn't the greatest thing in the world. So I think this game being close, I think they have a chance to pull out the upset, but I think it stays right around that three, probably under that, probably just a one-possession game. Yeah, I, 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 you make a great point there. Watching that Wisconsin-Colgate game, I expected it to play out about like it did. I just expected more points on both sides. Wisconsin, we talked about, I've talked about at least all year, that their defense isn't as good as years past, and their pace isn't as slow as years past, but – they got to the tournament yesterday, and it felt like the Wisconsin of old. They really slowed it down much more than they have all season. I don't know how much of that has to do with, like you talked about, Johnny Davis, if he's still a little bit hobbled. He did land awkwardly at the end of that game last night and was limping a little bit. Uh, that same ankle that was a problem for him. And so I don't know I don't know how that's going to affect it, right? I'm not going to speculate on uh, beyond that, other than just to say that happened and that yeah. might be something that affects it. Uh, but Wisconsin played really slow. They really struggled offensively, like you said, against a bad defense. Iowa State can struggle offensively against anybody. Yeah. Um, obviously, playing Wisconsin defense is much better than LSU's. But, uh, yeah, I think this is an ugly game. And, and like you said, if Wisconsin scored against Colgate, against this Iowa State defense, they might have a hard time getting to 40 yeah. in this one. And so, yeah, it makes sense. Close game, low scoring there another shot where we both got a chance to be a winner in different ways 6 p.m central notre dame versus texas tech tech is a seven point favorite totals 132 and a half the model thinks the total should be 132.2 so no total edge there the model thinks tech should be an eight point favorite so i'm going to lay the seven with tech now i have to caveat this i do not think that tech can do what they did that last game offensively that was the performance of their lifetime in the tournament they made two out of every three shots they made 12 of 20 from three this tech team isn't even that good offensively in general much less that good you see, like they're, they're kind of an average offense uh for tournament teams but they just had a heck of a performance so i don't think they're going to do that but i still think they're a better team than notre dame is they maybe figuring something out offensively, finally getting guys healthy. They have some some upside potential there uh, to become a good offense. With how good their defense is, they don't need their offense to be great. They just need their offense to be good. Uh, obviously, it was great in that first-round game. But if Tech's offense is just good, they can beat Notre Dame by double digits here. Model 7-2 and two and backing them. Tech is used to playing teams much better than Notre Dame. No offense to the ACC, no offense to Notre Dame. Again, I don't dislike or hate anybody's team. I like teams that make us money and, and don't like teams that don't, right? But otherwise, no vendettas against certain teams. But the ACC was down this year, and the Big 12 continues to look like one of the stronger conferences. Tech's played a lot of teams better than Notre Dame, so I think they'll feel right at home and should have advantages in a lot of aspects of this. I think Tech can win by double digits. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all over Texas Tech here. Notre Dame's not seen a defense like this all year. Um, they're they're a decent team, good all, good shooting. Um, Atkinson Jr. is really fun to watch. He's a very good player, but it's just the uh, this is a bad bad matchup for them. They've had a bad year, or not a bad year, but they've had a year where they didn't really get to prove a lot. So then, kind of gave them a bad draw. So I think Texas Tech is probably all likely is going to run away from it from them. 
And I don't think it's because their offense gets going. I think it's more that Notre Dame can't can't score, has shooting way shooting bad shots at the end of the shot clock, and then or turns it over, and Texas Tech just scores one out of every three times, and they end up running away with it. Um, it's man, it's bad bad matchup for Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame had their way offensively with Alabama, but Alabama's defense is. So exactly, exactly. Alabama's defense is sometimes non-existent, right? And Tech is one of the better defensive teams in the country. So I, I think you're. Right. I think Notre Dame's going to really struggle on that side of the ball. Uh, Tech gets ahead. It's going to make it really hard to come back when you can't score. Uh, Miami versus Auburn, six forty-five Central. Auburn is a seven-point favorite. The model thinks it should be Auburn minus seven point six. So we get another number on the side where I pegged it pretty close. I'm uh, going over 144 and a half. The model thinks it should be 145.6. So slight lean there to the over. It's a B pick on the over officially. And the reason why, Jake, did you know that Miami ranks higher offensively than Auburn mm-hmm. in Ken Palm efficiency? If everyone's talking about Auburn offense, Miami's offense actually ranks higher. I think both these offenses are really good. And so I think this one can have a lot of points in it. Both teams have been over teams lately. That also influences the jump from this to, from being a C pick to a B pick. Both teams play kind of fast. As good as Miami's offense is, their defense isn't. So I see this being a high-scoring game. The only question is, is Auburn going to be able to cover seven? What's your take? I don't think Auburn can do it. Like Miami is in a unique position here with Auburn. They, they've played teams very similar. Like They've played Duke very well in the times they've played Duke. And Duke is a very similar team um, to Auburn, right? Uh, maybe even a little bit better. Uh, I mean, so you've got Jabari Smith is – Right, very much the same kind of player as Paulo Banchero. Um, Walker Kessler, very much the same player as Mark Williams. And then the guards, probably you could probably split those 100 different ways. Um, Duke's guards are a little taller. That's probably really the only difference. Uh, but like these, so they're very similar. And so the game plan works, right? Like they've basically played this team. So they know how, how to handle a 6'10 guy that can shoot, drive, post up, and do all that. They know how to handle a seven footer that blocks shots from all over the floor. It's it's just, I don't, Miami has a decent chance to win this. Like that offense, you said it, it, Auburn had got a lot of credit. I mean, so much credit, like even enough that they fooled the committee to a two seed when they probably didn't deserve it. Um, for the middle run they had in the middle of the year, they went on a run in the middle of the year, beating up. I mean, they didn't play bad teams. They didn't play great teams, beating them up, run on that giant win run and just, after that, it's been real bad, especially away from home. So I, I, if that team shows up, I think Miami wins this game. Auburn needs to be very careful, but I don't think they cover. Yeah, it's it's a good point. We've long talked about Auburn's struggles away from home. We've talked about their struggles towards the end of the season. Probably not as bad as they looked late in the season, but definitely not as good as they looked in the middle of the season. And the truth being somewhere in between there, like you said, kind of makes it hard to see them as a dangerous two seed going forward. Miami high on the luck metrics has kind of continued to play well. They pulled it out against USC in a nail biter game that they played really well in the first half. USC played really well in the second half. Uh, but Miami, if they do that same sort of thing and continue just to keep it close, you don't have to have them to win for the plus seven to cash. Um, and then if they do, of course, uh, it's just extra gravy right there for you. 
740 Central Texas versus Purdue. Purdue is a three and a half point favorite with a total of 134. Purdue, uh, the model thinks should win by 2.8. So again, pretty close there, but the model thinks 135.6. So I'm going over 134. Purdue's first half, first half, first round game went way over the total. Then it was such a blowout, everyone just stopped playing. So Purdue didn't go over last game because the second half was a blowout. I don't think they're going to blow Texas out. Uh, again, the model thinks they should win. They are the better team, but I don't think they're going to be up by 25 and just stop playing. This is also a play on Texas over. I talked about this two days ago. I had that Texas-Virginia Tech over, and that was an easy one. These, the Texas numbers keep staying low because of the perception of Beard being a defensive head coach, because of the perception of how well Texas defense played early in the season. Talked about it before, and I'll say the same thing here. Their offense is actually playing pretty well lately, is actually getting going a little bit more consistent. They still do have their stretches where they disappear, but they seem to be having more like one of those a game and not two. And in their other stretches, they seem to be putting some points on the board as their defense continues to turn toward average, I think there's a lot of reasons to like this game going over. The Texas overs have been playing really well lately. I don't see any reason to stop that, especially against a Purdue team that likes that style of play. They showed that in the first half against Yale. I think they're going to show it here for the full game against Texas. And I think they will have, I think Texas has really no answer for Edie as many teams don't. And so I think offense is going to be the driving force in this game. Uh, Jake, I think we both agree that Purdue is the better team. Big question, of course, can they win by four or more and cover the spread? I, I think they do. They've Their defense has been playing better here of late. Um, ignore the fact that the first part of the Yale game, that, that one guy couldn't miss a shot. He was shooting at a goal the size of the ocean. Um, but sometimes you just have nights like that. But in the second half, you saw, like, I think Yale forgot to score. Yeah. Uh, for the first, like, I don't know, 10 minutes. I think, and, yeah, I think they had, like, six points in the first, like, 14 minutes of the second half or yeah. something. It was something ridiculous like that. I was like, how is that even possible? And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that was all Purdue's defense, but their defense has been playing better here of late, and the offense has stayed at the same level. You're so right that Texas doesn't know what to do with Edie. Not not many teams are going to know, but um, they just don't. Their their weakest part of their defense is their big guys. That is, yeah. uh, I think Cunningham and Dessou are – more of that European style big guy where they go step out rather than play um, back to the bucket and bang. And Edie is, I think, going to eat them alive. I think he's almost double their weight. He's just a big guy. And then Williams is good. And like well, he uh, he gets in foul trouble. Williams does pretty often, and he makes some bad decisions sometimes trying to thread the needle. But a lot of times he does thread that needle and makes a beautiful pass. And that's really hard to guard when you've got to worry about him everywhere and then you've got ivy running around who's playing out of his mind hitting from the half court pull-ups and if sasha's hitting it's going to be really tough on this texas team because they they struggle on offense like their offense is playing better but that's because threes are going in it's not so much that they're all, like their offense is creating easy looks or anything it's they've had andrew jones get hot uh uh, not Remy Martin, uh, Ramey. Uh, Ray, according to Ramey, has been playing well. They've had some other guys step up. Like it's, it's I mean, if the, if a couple threes go wrong towards the end of the game, I think Purdue's going get, to get, cover this four. Probably stays under 10. But, I mean, like all it takes is a couple missed shots and like a long rebound, and then Ivy is lightning quick. He'll be turn that into a layup. So it's, it's 
could be a really tough challenge for Texas. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if they can solve Edie, I think they got a chance to win this game. I just don't know how they do it. And so I'm like you. I think Purdue is the right way to look here. Again, the model doesn't have a great edge. The model likes the over more. Uh, if Purdue scores at will, like we kind of both think that'll make the over almost a, a really hard not to hit. It would have to take Texas just completely falling apart defensively and Purdue winning uh, kind of like they did in UCL where everybody just stops playing in the second half. I think Texas is good enough to hang in there and prevent that sleepy second half from happening. Uh, and then our late game here, TCU versus Arizona. Arizona is a nine and a half point favorite, total of 143 and a half. The model thinks total should be 142.7. So uh, if you are looking at totals, maybe an under makes a lot of sense, especially with the way TCU's defense has been playing. My official pick is TCU plus nine and a half. That's a B pick. I'm taking all of those points and putting my in my back pocket. There are a lot of numbers between one and nine and a half. Jake, we did the the rough math on this the other day. I think we could, can you do that one off the top of your head again? Is that Nine, nine. Nine. I think there's nine. Yeah, there's nine. There's nine ways that TCU still loses this game and we get the victory. TCU and Arizona are ranked pretty similar in defense. Both are good defensive teams. Obviously, Arizona has a great offense, much better than TCU's, but that's the only area of this game that I see them be different. And that's hard to justify this big of a spread for me. That model thinks 8.1, and I think that seems like about the right number. Arizona's the better team. They get the win. As long as we don't have crazy late-game foul shenanigans, I think there's a lot of ways that TCU can cover them. And then the way that TCU's played this pressure defense, they really impressed me. I mean, they, they suffocated Seton Hall yesterday, and part of that was just some bad shooting. But Seton Hall had the lowest first-half output. Uh, offensively of their season and again part of that was just you know you missed some shots part of that was tcu's defense we assume crease will still be out i saw a picture of his ankle yesterday it did not look good and there's really no reason for him to play in this game if they can't win against tcu without him they probably aren't winning a championship they need to get him fully healthy and not try to bring him back too soon so i assume he will not play um this weekend, I assume maybe even that, you know, next week will still be questionable. We'll still be talking about it, but without an extra um, skill player like that, I think TCU's just got a lot of ways to pressure Arizona, force enough turnovers, get an extra few points, keep it close, probably lose a tight one, uh, but at least give Arizona a little bit of a scare here to wrap up the first weekend. Jake, what do you got for us? I, I'm I'm leaning TCU here. I, I like I like TCU. Um, their defense is playing really, really well. J.B. Dixon is an incredible coach, um, and I think Pittsburgh is quickly realizing that they really messed up. Um, Arizona is not playing as well offensively as they or defensively um, as they were. I don't know how, how much that is Creesa or just a different like, coincidence that he goes out and their play kind of falters a little bit, um, but they, they didn't look that like unbeatable in their first last uh, their first round game, so it's like this one. I don't know. TCU might have a chance to pull this off because TCU's played teams that have great offenses like Kansas and has beat Kansas and gave Kansas everything they want and more. They've played great defenses like Texas Tech and been right in those games. I think they even beat Texas Tech. Once. They they did that second that last time. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they they've played these kinds of teams. This is something where being in that really good Big Twelve is going to play. Hey, all sorts of benefits for TCU because they're they're ready for these situations. Where Arizona, not so much. Like I mean, the Pac-12 has been. You've got UCLA, but after that, who? So I don't know. This could this could be a very interesting one. It's a great one to end the night on. Um, should be a fun game. 
I'm going TCU. I think Arizona probably wins, but I'm going TCU with the points. And and I'm not trying to say that TCU and UCLA are the same, but that's not a bad comparison with their style. Both teams are going to slow it down a little bit. Both teams thrive on the defense. UCLA's got a little bit better of an offense than TCU. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I think that's a a fairly similar comparison. And Arizona got the best of UCLA two of the three times, but UCLA hung right in there with them. And and that's all we're asking TCU to do is the same sort of thing. Hang in there. Uh, We're not asking TCU to win. They might, but we're just asking them to only lose by nine or less. And so I think, uh, like you said, a great point too about the Big 12. TCU's played a lot of teams that are really tough. And so they're ready for this uh, style of team as opposed to a lot of teams going up against that one seed, maybe even the two seed in the second round, uh, maybe only having played teams of that caliber once or twice all season. TCU's played teams of this caliber, uh, you know, basically once a week, it seems like, in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah that's, that Big 12 is a gauntlet. Yep. And that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for predictions on every NCAA tournament game. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button to ensure all the college basketball content is dropped right into your feed. We will see you next week. Best of luck finishing out the first week into March Madness. Until then, remember, you need your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.